Amen. Good to see you this morning. You have your Bibles open to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, one verse of scripture we'll look at this morning. As we're talking about spiritual warfare, this is our ninth lesson on spiritual warfare. This morning we want to take a look at the helmet of salvation. This is something that, you know, sometimes people don't understand. What does God mean by putting on that helmet of salvation? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, one passage of scripture this morning, and then we'll jump off and take a look and see what it means for us to put on this helmet of salvation that God provides for us. And as he's naming off these pieces of armor, verse 17, he says, and take the helmet of salvation. Now, the Roman soldiers had the best helmets available, you know, in the ancient world at that time. Many nations had helmets, but they wasn't as advanced as was those of the Romans. In fact, other nations used helmets out of just a type of wrapping cloth and, or leather, and, and they had either bones or hoofs down, you know, that they would wrap around it. But the Roman helmet, it was a whole lot better. It was the best that money could provide in that day. They were leather covered with metal or bronze or brass sheets on the top of it. The helmet was strengthened on the top with, with knobs or rings or buttons made of metal. You know, it also had a chin strap that would go around it so it couldn't get knocked off. It would have a visor sort of that come down around their neck and down the back to protect uh, the, the back of the neck to protect the sides and the back of the uh, neck there. The helmet was not worn, however, as many other pieces of armor. In other words, they didn't always have the helmet on. The only time that they put the, uh, put the helmet on was when they was in battle. You know, and, and the sole purpose of the, the helmet was, as you would uh, figure, to protect the head. You know, it's like, um, you know, today, you know, construction workers, they wear a helmet in order to protect their heads from any falling objects that might fall upon them. Uh, you know, motorcycle riders, you know, they wear a helmet to protect their head in case of a motorcycle crash. Uh, you know, uh, football players, you know, uh, they, they, they wear helmets to protect their head from concussion. As you, those of you who watch football, you know the NFL has a, a, a concussion protocol now. If somebody just hits their head on the ground, boy, they yank them out of the game and they go through a concussion protocol whether they come back in the game or not. The head is something, folks, that we must protect because the head, if it gets damaged, it can cause a lot of problems for us. And for the soldier, the helmet was, in essence, the last line of defense. You see, now, the, the soldier never wanted to get hit in the head. If he could help it, the helmet was there to protect that uh, soldier from clubs that may be, you know, they may get hit upside the head or swords or arrows that, that might get past that shield as we talked about last week. They could hold that shield up. If something got past that, then the helmet was there to protect uh, them from that. And it, it, it's, it's much better to get a dent in a helmet than a club upside the head. I believe we would all agree to that. So let's take a look at this this morning and see the importance of protecting the head. Why is it that God gave us this helmet of salvation 
in order to protect our heads. Why would we as Christians, why would we as followers of Christ, why would we who are in the army of God want to protect our head? You see, for those who have a brain, I believe you would agree that it's important to protect the head. You know, you protect the head because of what's actually inside the head, that being your brain. Okay, which is your mind. Keep that thought in mind as we go through this. You see, if you sustain an injury, you know, to your head without a helmet on, depending uh, uh, on the damage, anything can happen from a head injury. You know, anything can happen from death to a loss of some of our bodily functions. Some of you may know people who's had head injuries before, and it affects them in many different ways. Like I say, if it doesn't cause death, Sometimes their, their, their body function is no, never the same as it was. You see, you could sustain a concussion, permanent brain damage, or enter into a coma, and if the damage to the brain is severe enough, it can cause someone to be paralyzed for life. So, yes, we want to protect that head. You know, very rarely is a head uh, you know, wound or uh, damage to the head, very seldom is it a minor thing. Usually, it's a major thing. That's why we must protect the head. You see, it was important to protect the head, more specifically, to protect the mind which is inside the head. That's why the soldiers wore the helmet in battle only and, and how the helmet was used. You know, the blow from the head may not kill you. However, it could leave you dazed. It could leave you groggy. It could lead you, leave you dizzy or weak all of which would take you out of the battle. And folks, that's what Satan wants to do with you. That's what Satan wants to do with me. He wants to, us to get out of the battle. And we have to protect our mind. We have to protect our head. Either way, you know, you're going to come out of the, 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 the battle if you allow Satan to get into your head. And there's a lot of people today who have allowed Satan to get into their head and it's causing total confusion in their walk with God. And the reason he was able to get in your head is because you're not adorning yourself with that helmet of salvation that God has provided for you to keep Satan out of your head. You know, we've got to keep him out of our head because if he gets in our head, folks, you know, he can totally confuse us and it will take us out of the battle. Now, let's look at the second thing here, the helmet for the Christian. What does that mean for you and me? First of all, just like other pieces of armor, we must realize that this piece is also made available from God to us, and that helmet belongs to God. Now, this may shock you. Go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 59. But even God does not go into a battle without his helmet of salvation. Did you know that? Even God does not go into battle without he himself putting on the helmet of salvation. Now, you may say, why would God need the helmet of salvation? You know, look, God sets the example for us. Now, I want you to look at Isaiah 59. I, I, this, this may shock you. Isaiah 59, verse 16. I think, yeah, we got it up there for you. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. Now, God is... Because there was no justice in the land, God was going to battle. Verse 16, he saw there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to him, and his own righteousness sustained him. 
or excuse me, it sustained him. Now look at this verse 17. For he put on the breastplate of righteousness. God himself, before going into the battle, he put on righteousness as a breastplate. Remember, he provided us a breastplate of righteousness, didn't he? Now look at the next part. And a helmet of salvation on his head. Do you think Satan could get into God's head? I don't think so. But God knew he needed protection. And I think God wants us to see this as an example. That if I have to protect my head, if I have to put on that helmet of salvation, what does that say for you and me? He goes on. He put on the garments of vengeance, of clothing. That simply means he had donned himself with, with, the, with the, what he needed for battle. That's what you and I have to do too. So he, he, he put on the garments of vengeance, of clothing. He was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according he will repay. Fury is his adversary's recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. Now don't miss that. Look here. This passage speaks of God putting on the same armor that he provides for you and me. Now if God thinks it's important enough for he himself to adorn himself and put on this armor, shouldn't we think the same thing? Should we ever go to battle without not being ready, without putting on the armor that God has given to us? He goes to battle against wickedness, folks. He puts on the armor he provides. If God himself puts on this helmet of salvation before going into battle, what does that say for you and me? But what can we learn from this helmet of salvation that God makes available to us? Here's the thing. The helmet of salvation is not our salvation. Okay? Anything, I'm talking about there, anything that we can do. It is salvation that God gives to us. Nothing we can do on our own. It is his gift the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Don't, don't miss this. The moment you're saved, the moment you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, come into your heart, save your soul, the moment you do that, you enlist in the army of God. And at that very moment, just like a soldier who joins the military, they issue him everything he's going to need for battle. God does the same thing for you and for me. He issues you every piece of armor you're going to need to fight off the wiles of the devil. He's not just going to throw you out there in battle without preparing you. He gives you everything you need to go up against the wiles of the devil. And like I told you last week, me personally, now this is just me. I know some of you think I'm weird. you got a right to think that. If I wouldn't act the way I do, you wouldn't be thinking it probably. But here's what I want to know. I mean, here's what I want to say to you. And I told you this last week. When my battle on this earth is over, when God calls me home, now don't forget, he has issued me some armor the day I was saved. I was in the sixth grade, Second Baptist Church, Tomball, Texas, in my pastor study, you know, when I was saved. The moment I asked Jesus to come into my heart, I signed my enlistment papers, and he issued me everything I was going to need to fight the devil. Now, when my battle on this earth is over, and I stand before him, and I turn in all of this armor that he has issued me, Remember I told you last week when a, a soldier gets out of the military, what's he do? He turns in all his gear. We'll do the same thing. And when I stand before God and I have to turn in every piece of armor that he issued to me, 
folks, I want it dented up. I want it bent up. I want it torn. I want it tethered as evidence that I fought the good fight, that I finished my course, that I kept the faith, and because I was faithful, I can have the assurance that there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, and not just me, but everybody who turns in their armor all dented up, all broke up, all tethered, you know, and I can have that assurance that he is going to reward me for being a faithful soldier. Can he reward you for being a faithful soldier? Or do you fail to put on your armor? Are you not willing to get out in the battle? You know, the last thing I want to do is turn in my armor like it was the day he issued it to me. No dents, no bangs, no tethers. Still having that new smell still looking like it was the day it was issued to me. I don't want that. I want there to be evidence, folks, that I was on the front lines, that I was in the heat of battle. Now, the next thing here, the helmet of salvation is God's helmet, which he has given for us to use as his soldiers in the war against spiritual forces. But what, 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 what exactly is this helmet, okay? Some of you may be trying to picture what is this helmet. Verse 17 here tells us it is the helmet of salvation. Uh, uh, and a helmet of salvation, he says, put on your head. Look, in Ephesians, when Paul refers to a helmet of salvation, he's referring to aspects of the salvation or our deliverance from the penalty of sin. That's what he's referring to here. He's referring to our justification. What is justification? Justification, folks, is what we receive when we ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin, come into our heart, save our soul. Justification in its most simplistic understanding is just as if I never sinned. He wipes away all our sins. He casts all our sins as far as the east is from the west. We start over just like I'd never sinned. That's justification. That is salvation. That is the helmet that he gives to us. And, and so... How should we understand the helmet of salvation here? This helmet, which we are to take up and put on, listen to me, it is confidence of our justification. It is us having confidence that I have been saved. It is giving us confidence that I know Jesus Christ as our personal, my personal Savior. It is a helmet of justification or salvation, and it's going to protect our mind from any attack that the enemy you know, comes at us trying to convince us that we're not worthy of forgiveness. When he comes at us trying to convince us we're not worthy of forgiveness, folks, this helmet of salvation, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll protect our mind from those lies of Satan. Look here. He'll come out of saying, you're not really saved. He'll come out of our mind trying to make us doubt that we're even children of God. And if you've been in the battle very long, he's come after you in this way. He's tried to attack your mind. Listen to me. If our mind is not fixed, okay, if our mind is not fixed, on the truth of our justification and our place in the family of God, we are going to be defeated in the heat of the battle. Why? Because he's gotten into our mind, okay? He's convinced us maybe I'm not really saved. 
He convinced us that, boy, you sinned last night, and God, there's no way he can love you again. You see what I mean about him getting out of our mind? But this helmet of salvation is confidence that, 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 that I have in knowing that I know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, as my Lord and my Savior. But why does this matter for the Christian, especially for the Christian in spiritual warfare? You know, uh, of what use is this helmet of salvation, you know, for the soldier who finds himself in battle? Now, pay attention to what I'm going to throw up here now. You do not become saved. Let me explain this because this is going to throw some of you for a loop. You do not be you're, you don't become saved by putting on the helmet. Okay? You don't become saved by putting on the helmet. If you have the helmet to put on, you are already saved. Are you with me? Because if you're not already saved, you're not going to receive that helmet to put on. You receive that helmet once you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. You see, what I mean by that, you can't just put on any old helmet, find any old helmet that's going to automatically bring salvation. Look, if you find an old helmet of good works, that does not bring about justification. If you find an old helmet and put on of church membership, that does not bring justification. Even if you find an old helmet of baptism, that will not save you. The moment one asks Jesus Christ to forgive them and save them, at that moment you are issued a helmet of salvation because of your justification and your enlistment in the army of God. So how does the helmet Help the Christian in spiritual battle. The helmet protects the head. And more specifically, it protects the mind. Okay? So that the helmet protects what the brain contains uh, regarding your salvation. That's what it's for. To, to protect your mind, specifically, you know, the brain contains the fact that I know I'm saved. I know when I ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, I know that Jesus Christ became a part of my life. I know I received his Holy Spirit. And our mind can hold to that truth if we don't allow Satan to penetrate it. Look, Satan always begin his, begins his attack with, you know, what a Christian does or does not know. Look at Eve. That's what Satan did. He got in her head, Okay. He got in her head the day he would come to her while she was looking at this tree, this forbidden tree. And he got into her head when he said, Now, Eve, did God really say? Did God really say? And that got her to thinking. Now, what did he do? He got in her mind. And it got her to thinking, well, maybe I didn't quite hear what I thought I heard. Maybe I, I, I didn't really understand what God was saying. And here, in speaking specifically about the helmet of salvation, Paul tells us that one of the main truths that Satan tries to attack us with is what we know about our salvation, specifically whether we have it or not. He gets us questioning God. Well, does Romans really say, whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved? Does it, does it really say that? And if it does, does it really mean whosoever? Does, was Paul really saying 
whosoever confesses with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead shall be saved. Did, is that really what Paul meant? You see how Satan wants to get in our head and get us thinking that maybe what I heard was not what I heard. Maybe what I did was not really what I did. And folks, once he gets in our head, listen, he is going to take you out of the battle. And once you're out of the battle, folks, he's going to come at you full force at that point. To put it simple, putting on the helmet provides us with the assurance of our salvation. That's what it does. It, uh, it, 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 it provides us with that assurance. I know God meant what he said about whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I know that I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. For me, I know that when I knelt in my pastor's study with his arm on my back and I prayed, Lord Jesus, forgive me of a sinner, come into my heart, save my soul, Satan can try to get in my head all how he wants, but I know. And I think I've told you this before, but I'll say it again because some probably hadn't heard this. Satan will do anything he can when you're ready to make that decision to give your heart to Jesus Christ. There may be some of you here this morning, you know, or some who watches this on Facebook, you're not saved. And this morning the Holy Spirit may begin to deal with you and, and try to draw you to him. The moment he does that, Satan is going to do what he can to pull you away. Here's what happened to me that night uh, in my pastor's study. I told him, I said, Brother Charles, Brother Charlie Braha, never forget the man he's still alive as a matter of fact you can believe that when I was in the sixth grade and he's still alive all right he, he may be pushing 500 I don't know but anyway I told him I said brother Charles I want to be saved I want to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior so he he, he got me and we, we knelt down and when I knelt down this left leg got a Charlie horse in it I'm not joking. I remember it like it was yesterday. I got a Charlie horse, and, you know, I was trying to straighten that leg out because I was on my knees, and you know what I think? And you're not going to convince me no different. That was the devil pulling my leg, trying to stop me from doing what I knew God wanted me to do. And let me tell you, our churches, I think, are full just about every Sunday morning with people who say, I need to make Jesus, Lord of my life. And in some, he may not give you a Charlie horse, Satan may not, but there's some way he's going to try to pull you and say, no, you don't need to do that. What that pastor's saying is just a bunch of hogwash. Look, don't let Satan get in your mind. Don't let Satan get in your head because what he's trying to do is draw you away from God. So putting on this helmet of salvation, it provides us with the assurance of our salvation. Assurance of salvation is ultimately a matter of the mind, but it's confirmed in the heart. Let me say that again. Assurance of our salvation is a matter of mind, but it's assured within our heart. You see, assurance of salvation is a factor of what you know and who you know, and of course, all knowledge is contained where? In the mind. All knowledge is contained in the mind. Look at this. It's in our head that we contain the knowledge of what Christ has done for us. 
It's in our head that we contain the knowledge that we made the decision to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. It's in our head that we contain the knowledge that we know who we are in Christ Jesus. And it's in our head that we continue the knowledge that we know that we're saved. Therefore, we must protect the head because he's coming after us. He's coming after us. We must protect the head. So when Paul says, take up the helmet of salvation, he's saying, remember, know, understand in your mind that you are saved, that you are justified, that you are secure in your salvation. And know, and know this, that the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Therefore, you put on that whole armor that he's issued to you, and you stand strong. You see, taking up the helmet of salvation is the knowledge and understanding of the assurance of our salvation. As I said earlier, the helmet on the soldier, uh, you know, armor was never intended to be the first line of defense against the enemy. Similarly, in spiritual warfare, this helmet of salvation that God issues or the knowledge and the assurance that we're saved, it's not the first line of defense against Satan. That's not the first line of defense. In spiritual battle, you know, you don't want to say, well, I'm saved, I'm secured forever, so I can lower my defense, I can put down my shield, I can take off my breastplate, and I can just take the hit to the enemy in the head. And I'll try to just protect my mind. Folks, it doesn't work that way. You see, a soldier did not wind up getting uh, a, a lot of blows to the head because he had that shield in front of him. He had that breastplate, which would take most of the, the hits. And a soldier that got hit on the head, even though he may live because he got on his helmet, he's not going to be much use in battle, battle. And very soon, he could lose his hearing as a result of the head blow. He could lose his sight. He could lose his ability to think and probably will end up with some serious brain damage and maybe even die prematurely. I told you a while ago the NFL has this concussion protocol now. I mean, they don't even have to get hit on the head very hard, all right? And they'll yank them out of the game and, and put them in the blue tent and, you know, I don't know what all they do. They count my fingers or you know, count backwards from a thousand. I don't know what they do in a, in a, a protocol. But here's the thing. It's not only, they do that, not only because today's players aren't as tough as, let's say, Dick Buckus, Leroy Jordan, Larry Zonko, Walt Garrison, Earl Campbell, Jack Youngblood, uh, Jack Lambert, or... James Brown, Jim Brown, or some of the other greats that played the game when men were men. You say, Brother Gene, guys playing football today aren't men. They're not like they was when men were men. I'll just leave it at that. You can say what you want about that. Back then, when men were men, they played for the love of the game. Now they play for the money. Don't pay me what I want. I go somewhere else. But here, here's my point here. I could get off on that and throw a tantrum. It's because even wearing a helmet 
while they have this concussion protocol. If you take blows to the head, it's going to affect you in the future, as some of these greats that I just named have found out later in life. Look, a Christian who takes too many blows to this helmet of salvation, they don't lose their salvation. Yes, I'm one of them weirdos who believe in security of the believer. They don't lose their salvation. They just end up like Cassius Clay, or you knew him as Muhammad Ali, who when he died, he didn't even know who the heck he was. Why? Because his mind was just so far gone because of all the blows that he took to it those years of fighting. Listen, folks, we've got to put on that helmet of salvation because Satan is after your now, the next thing here, the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness or the pieces of armor that is, is designed to take the most blows. The helmet is only there for anything that gets past those pieces of armor. Now, what happens when Satan has got the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness? That's when he begins to attack in your salvation by the way of your mind. He is challenging you to question whether you was ever saved. He, he, he's making you doubt that you are even a Christian. Or maybe sometimes he tries to get you to think you've lost your salvation because of the sins that you're committing. Or that God maybe doesn't even love you no more. Or maybe, you know, look, what you've been doing, there's no way you can be a Christian. God's done threw up his hands. He's done turned his back on you. You know, you're no longer a child of his. Folks, these are lies that Satan places in your mind because you're not putting on that, she, that helmet of salvation, he's able to get through to your mind. He's able to convince you of things just to draw you out of the battle. The assurance of salvation is not something we can afford to lay aside. Rather, Paul said in verse 17, pick it up. Pick up that helmet of salvation. Put that helmet of salvation on to protect your mind from Satan getting through to you. The fourth thing here, if the helmet of salvation is assurance of our salvation, then we must understand how to know that you're saved, how to know that we're safe and secure in the arms of God. First of all, the assurance of salvation is based upon knowledge, not works. Knowledge. Where's the, where, what contains our knowledge? Our mind. It's the assurance of our salvation based upon the knowledge that we have. It's based on what and who you know, not in what you have or haven't done. If you do not put on this helmet of salvation and you take a blow to your head, you may lose your memory about what you know about your Christian experience. You may lose your memory of the day that you did ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And once you've lost the knowledge of your salvation experience, folks, it's easy for Satan to then take control over your thinking, just like he did with Eve. Look, there's five ways to assure, uh, to have assurance of our salvation. Turn over there to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I want to show you just in this, uh, you know, three verses here, how we can have assurance of our salvation. 1 John chapter 5, beginning with verse 11. John writing 
to these young converts, these young Christians, to give them assurance of their relationship with God. Here's what he said in verse 11. And this is the testimony. Okay, let's look at this testimony. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Who he, uh, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Verse 13, these things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may, what's that next word? Not think, not hope, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Let me show you five things in there. Five things to know that you have assurance of your salvation. First of all, you know what God has given us. In verse 11, he's given us eternal life. You hold on to that truth. It's in your mind. It is knowledge that he has, as it says there in verse 11, he has given us eternal life. Also, know where this life is from. It's from his son. It's in his son. The third thing you see in verse 12, you know, who has eternal life? He who what? has the Son. He who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they have eternal life. The fourth thing we see in 12b, you know, uh, how to, uh, know who, uh, who does and uh, does not have eternal life. Those who doesn't have eternal life, what's he say is those who don't have the Son. It's that plain and it's that simple. Those who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they may have eternal life, but it's not in heaven, it's in a devil's hell. And then finally, know how we get eternal life. We see that there in verse 13, by believing in the name of the Son of God, by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Let me tell you something. These five things will be put in your mind, put on that helmet of salvation, protect these five truths that we see in just this one verse. John didn't write this so people may hope they have eternal life. He, he wrote this so that we would know that we're saved. Where's that knowledge of knowing at in our mind? What is Satan wanting to attack? Our mind. In order to get us to thinking, maybe I'm not really saved. That is a promise from God that we see here and one we can hold on to. Let me just close with this thought. The assurance of salvation is so important in our living a victorious Christian life. Assurance of our salvation provides us with great peace and comfort in the Christian life to know, to know that God loves us so much, no matter how much, no matter how often that we mess up. He still loves us. And we're still a child of his. And we're still saved. We can know, not hope. Unconditional and never-ending love is one of the best motivators to motivate us to victory in our everyday life. Look, if we go around wondering or, or hoping that we're saved, we're not going to be very effective in the battle. Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that you're a child of God? Or are you just, I hope I am. I hope I am. I think I am. Let me tell you something. Hoping and thinking 
personal opinion here, means you're not, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Because when we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, it's not a hope so, think so, maybe so. It's a no so. But if Satan can get in your mind because you're not wearing this helmet of salvation, this assurance of that salvation, folks, he can get you to guessing. And once you start that, guess what? You're coming out of the battle. You're coming out of the battle. And when God calls you home, your armor's not going to have a dent in it. It's not going to have a dent in it. So if we go around wondering and hoping, we're not going to be effective in the battle. But when we know we're saved, when we know we're going to heaven, no matter what, that frees us up to focus on the task at hand. And if the devil has been tempting you to give up, if he's been telling you you must not be a Christian because of some faults in your life or because of some sin in your life or some trials that you're going through, maybe that you're thinking God doesn't love you anymore, you don't believe those lies from Satan if you know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. All he's trying to do is get you out of the battle. That's all he's trying to do. Put on that helmet of salvation and remember the comforting and assurance of the word of God that he who has the son has eternal life, period. He who has not the son has not the son of uh, salvation, period. Okay? So you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal savior. Again, if you don't, and your mind is starting to think right now, well, maybe I do need to give my life to Christ this morning. Trust me, Satan is going to counterattack that conviction of the Holy Spirit. Don't let him do it. All he's trying to do is bring you to hell with him. Listen, Satan knows his fate. He knows that God created hell for him and his and he wants to take as many people to hell with him as he can. And you know what? You're one of those. You're one of those if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Child of God, if he can get you out of the battle because he's playing mind games with you and you walk away from the battle, guess what? There was probably somebody in your future that God has done ordained that you come in contact with and share the gospel with them and they become a Christian. And Satan knows if I can get them out of the battle, they won't meet up with this person. That's what he's after. He wants you out of the battle. So child of God, if you haven't been putting on that helmet of salvation and the things you're going through in your life, Satan has done begin working on your mind trying to convince you you must not really be a child of God or you would not be going... God is not going to let one of his children go through what you're going through. You see how Satan can come at you? And if he can convince you of that, well, maybe I'm not really a child of God. Guess what he's done? He's yanked you out of the battle. You're no longer effective for the kingdom of God. Don't let that happen, child of God. But if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, we're fixing to give you an opportunity we're going to have a song of invitation here in just a moment. We'll stand, and as we do, just with that motion of you standing, why don't you come on down?
let us get you with an altar counselor. They can take you in this room right here, and, and they can share Jesus Christ with you and show you how you can accept Jesus, how you can enlist in the army of God, how God can give you, can give you all the armor you're going to need to face the wiles of the devil that you are going to come in contact with. Let's pray.